Jesus Fix It, the Good Morning Radio Podcast with Seth and Jess. You know, as we go into this week celebrating MLK, I am so thankful for the household I grew up in. How so? Well, you know, I grew up in a household where we were taught to embrace everyone and learn about other cultures. Mm. And now, don't get me wrong, we were always taught to celebrate our own culture and be proud um, of who we are and be proud of our heritage and to celebrate that. But my mom always made sure um, that we made friends with other people. Mm -hmm. She was like... um, pardon this phrase, but you don't stick to your own kind. (laughs) You know what I mean? She was very much opposed to that. Um, Her best friend was white. And as a matter of fact, whenever we had outings with my mom and her best friend, it was always an adventure. Because see, (laughs) my mom's best friend had five kids. And then it was me and my sister. So usually it ended up like, say, if we went to a restaurant, right. my mom and her best friend usually sat at one table and then it's like they got rid of us kids. We all, all, the, kids? all the kids had a table. It was like six of us. Wow. And we were just like off to ourselves. But it, it was like people would stare at us because right. it was like a bunch of like these little white kids <laughs> and black kids just like off doing their own thing. And they're right. like, hmm. And we just like knew no different because it was just like we were just friends and we were just buddies and hanging out. And we never knew why people were staring at us like that. And it was like later on. Right. My mom would tell us why people were giving us all the dirty looks and stuff. Uh But I'm just so thankful that I grew up in a house where we were taught to love and we were taught unity and we were taught that, you know, to be aware of differences but your differences is what made us, you know, come together as a people. It didn't define us. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And actually, I'm kind of envious of that because I grew up in a household that was split. Really? My mother was very much like your mom. Aww. Embrace differences. Mm-hmm. Learn from other cultures. Learn to see what they appreciate and what makes things interesting, right? She was always like, go and explore and go and learn And my dad was a very small-minded man. Mm -hmm. There were several times that my dad would get aggravated and angry, and out comes the N-word. I was getting ready to ask you, did your father ever use the N-word? All the time. Yeah. So how did that affect you growing up? Like you you grew up in a house where your father used the N-word. If it hadn't been for my mom taking a lot of time and uh, giving me the real truth about life and diffusing the garbage that I was getting input from my dad, then things may have been may have turned out really quite differently. Because when I went to grade school, it was predominantly white. Mm-hmm. There was like one or two Hispanic children, maybe one or two black kids, and didn't have a lot of you know interaction. Now, when I went to middle school, junior high back in my day. It was about 50-50, white to black, and it was a culture shock for me. I bet. It completely a culture shock because I didn't, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to it all. And I would go to my mom and say, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm a quiet, I know this is hard to believe, but I am a quiet, studious young man. And (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I had something. And in the hallways, it's loud. It's rowdy. In the locker room, when we're getting ready to dress out for PE, it's raucous. And I'm not used to this. What's going on? What are you trying to say? (laughs) What are you trying to say? The Hispanic and the black guys are loud? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm just going to say they were very, very outgoing and kidding around Mm -hmm. with each other, smacking each other with towels. And I was, okay, part of it maybe was because I was kind of a pudgy kid and very self-conscious, but I was very intimidated, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't don't know how to fit into this culture. Yeah. And my mom was like, look, it's not that one side, it's not that you're bad or they're bad or you're right and they're wrong or they're right and you're wrong. It's none of that. It's how people approach life differently. And so look at, observe, enjoy. And her key phrase for everything was, Find something good in every situation. And that saved my bacon. Mm-hmm. Because I could have been angry and and hateful, like my dad would demonstrate once in a while, and it would have gotten me nowhere. But I tried to be more uh, curious. Why is this happening? Why do you do things that way? How is it that this way? And And there were times where I got some weird looks when I would ask the nerdy question. Hey, you know, why is it that you're so loud in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, don't like, do that. And, and the, the phrase, <laughs> and they would like, well, why are you so quiet? Yeah. Like, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. And it just kind of taught me that the key to, I don't know, I don't want to be overly general here, but the key to being more happy and getting along is to try and find, try and understand other people. Yeah. And that was my mom that did that. Yeah. My dad, not so much. So I really envy how you were raised in that aspect. Yeah, I, I am so thankful that my mom was that way. Now, my mom, she um she was good in making sure we were exposed to so many things, um, culturally, right. like music, everything. Mm-hmm. Like we listened to everything in my house we were exposed to christian music rock music Uh on saturday mornings we had to clean up Uh every saturday morning so my mom would give us five album choices nice and we had to pick what do you which album do you want to listen to today as we clean up and it could be anything from Mahalia Jackson to the Eagles to Janet Janis Joplin to Michael Jackson. Wow. And every Saturday we picked one and it would take us all day to clean because we're dancing right. and taking breaks to sing into our hairbrush <laughs> and clean up. And I'm just so thankful. And kind of like your dad, my mom had to be the voice of reason sometimes mm. because I realized some of the things that my dad had to tackle, and it did make him. Um, my dad, he wasn't racist by any means, but he was hardened to um, a lot of white people sometimes because, um, you know, his mom, my grandma, she worked for a white family for the majority of her life. She was a black maid and her family that she worked for, they loved her and she mm-hmm. loved him. If, if you remember the movie, The Help. Oh yeah. my That was my grandma. Really? And she absolutely loved her family. They loved her. and But I think my father, he, you know, bore some resentment because my grandmother had to do that for uh, so many years. Right. And then, you know, um, my father and our town, there were some times where, 
him and my uncles would go into places kind of like the loud guys in school where it was kind of like, okay, y'all talk a certain way. Y'all don't have the right to be here. Y'all aren't as entitled to be here as we are. Mm -hmm. That was the feeling. And it wasn't because, you know, maybe you're soft-spoken, but they're just naturally, their voices naturally carry, but it's automatically like, wait a minute. Yeah. We have a God-given right to be here. Y'all don't. You know what? I, that is, the, the, like, I understand the that. entitlement, and that's what that's what that's what they carried around. Yeah. You know what I mean? I so do my understand. Mom usually had to be that voice of reason mm-hmm. of you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. So you walk with your held your head held high. So um, you know, I I I, I love that. Um, my mom was the unity maker, so to speak, yeah. in our house. I just made up a little phrase. No. I like it. <laughs> I, I do I do identify with that and and not from observing it, but from experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in middle school, I got picked on mm-hmm. a lot. I got bullied. And it was from the black athletes. Mm-hmm. Now, had I followed the guidance of my father, could have easily easily become an individual that said, I hate all black people because of how I was treated by a select few. Mm-hmm. And it was my mom that said, listen, just because those are the individuals that are picking on you doesn't mean that the entire group of people want to pick on you. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that. It's not, it has nothing to do with the color of their skin. It has nothing to do with any of that, it has everything to do with the content of their character. That's the per- hey, look at you yeah. using an MLK. Well, see that um, see, and that was the key to help my mom helping yes. me realize that you cannot overgeneralize just because of the actions of a few. You have to understand the character of the individual as exactly. it's happening. I cannot stress that enough, and. You know, I love that. Um, it was, I can't think of the pastor I was listening to um, recently, but he just kept on stressing that during one of his sermons. And he was like, when are we going to realize that, listen, all white people are not racist and all minorities aren't worthless or thugs? Right. Like, Every white person you see isn't just itching to say the N-word. Right. And every black person you see, you don't have to grab your purse when they walk by or you don't have to think that they're thugs. Right. Like, when are we going to realize that? So I get that. Okay. Now, okay. <laughs> that was kind of deep. Um, but, but you know what? It's good, though. Yeah. Oh, and the differences between our parents is our parents is our parents. You and I could have hours of discussion. Oh my goodness! It is. <laughs> I, I think I think it would be fun to explore that sometime. But yeah, we'll do that some other time. You know. Um. Do you have a friend of a different um, nationality? Doesn't have to be like I don't want to make this like just black and white. I'm right. talking like. Any culture, any nationality oh, yeah. that you can just like, if there is something you want to know that you can just ask. Yes. I have friends like that. And I think that is the best thing <laughs> because if there is something you want to know about another culture, another person, I think the best way is to kindly yes. just 
ask it because I think you and I were even talking about this before we even started the podcast. If there is something you don't understand, we either make assumptions, we get aggravated, we don't bother to ask, and we end up getting defensive, offensive, and it just... All, most of the problems we have today um, regarding race is because we just don't understand. Right. So I love that I have friends of different nationalities and cultures that I can just say, hey, why What's do you guys <laughs> wear that? Or right. why do you eat that on that day? Right. Or why do you wear that on your head? Like, what does that mm-hmm. symbolize? So do you have friends like that? I do. Um, I actually grew up um, in a Jewish-influenced home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I've mentioned before, uh, I was married once before. And in that marriage, my father-in-law was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of opportunities for me to say, okay, let's talk about this. You know, um, One of my very dear friends is Mexican. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they live in uh, Houston, Texas. And of course, every once in a while, I like to, you know, just if the Dallas Cowboys ever do win, I like to send him a text just to aggravate him because he hates the Cowboys. But I'll ask him every once in a while, it's like, hey, what's going on with that? And we're such good friends that I don't have to worry about what I'm saying or what I'm asking to be taken as an offense or as an accusation or criticism of culture, he knows I'm genuinely asking, like, what's going on with that? And then he'll come back with the same thing. It's like, okay, what's the deal with you guys eating everything on white bread, you know, (laughs) as a kind of a joke and thing. And it's because we, because he and I really like each other and we trust each other, Mm -hmm. we are free to have an open communication about things. Yeah, I love that. And first of all, can I just make a side note? Please... Please, Dallas Cowboy fans, do not send us any hate mail. <laughs> I didn't say I, mean, I hated them. I said I just, he I, hated them. You know, it's like the Brady fans. Oops, what? Huh? Are there? See, look, why you get me started? Why, hmm? why you do that? Why you do that? Okay, anyway, moving right along. Let's take an opportunity to understand those that make the mistake of liking Tom Brady. No, see, I did not even, why are you doing this? I, why I'm, are you like I this? am full of love and understanding it. I'm trying to walk a anyway, mile in their horribly deformed shoes. No, you I don't. Am. You what? walk. The, see, you walk the line every time. I was That's just trying to say, Yeah. first of all. What? Anyway, y'all, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I apologize to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And I used to live there. Anyway. Anyway, I do love that when you're able to have open communication like that, you just learn so, so much. Yeah. You know, um, there was this one time we were on vacation and Cameron, my oldest son, I think at the time he was four. He almost embarrassed me and my husband so bad. What did he do? He went up to this man, he, um, this Indian man, mm-hmm. and he had a turban. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to him and he goes, I like your hat. <laughs> it's like, I wanted to crawl yeah, away. I was sure. like, oh my gosh, this man is about to be so mad. And he goes, thank you, but it's actually not just any hat. And he sat there and just had a great conversation with my four-year-old. And Cameron goes, I want one. Can I wear one, too, one day? And he was like, well, "Well, (laughs) not really, unless. And then he just started telling him about his religion and why he wore the hat. Very cool. 
I was so thankful that one, he didn't get mad and he didn't get really, really offended that this child asked and Mm -hmm. that he took the time to explain. I really appreciated that because honestly, I didn't fully understand either. Yeah. But it was like a teaching moment for us both. It reminds me of a thing that I did (laughs) was very embarrassed. And I did this on the air for an old radio show that I was doing. Uh oh. Now I'm Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Baptist through and through. I believe in the healing power of casseroles. Okay. <laughs> so I'm doing a show. It's Ash Wednesday. Uh-oh. One of my guests on the show has ash on their forehead. They had been to mass that morning and had the ash on the forehead. What did you do? I said on the air. By the way. You have something on your forehead. You did not. I most certainly did. Oh, my because word. I'm as, embarrassed for you. Thank you. Because <laughs> as a Baptist, we don't observe Ash Wednesday. Right. And yeah. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't on my radar. And as soon as I said it, my producer looks at me and went, stop. <laughs> Just stop. Jesus fixed exactly. it. Exactly. And you know what he did? He said, he didn't get upset. He didn't get all riled up and offended. He laughed. And he said, well, you know, it is Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're right. I'm sorry. He goes, no, 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 don't be offended. He said, "Don't, no need to apologize. He said, there's so many people that don't get it. Let me explain to you what Ash Wednesday is all about. I love it. And it actually turned into a really good segment about discussing why is it for that that tradition. And it was great. And it started off with me being an idiot. Oh, my goodness. What? what? Huh? Okay. Moving along. Okay, moving along. Okay. This doesn't have anything to do with religion, but let me tell you this funny story. Um, I thought this was going to go kind of south, but it didn't. I was in high school, and one of my very best girlfriends came over to my house for a sleepover. Right. And... um. She's white, and uh, my mom made us this big dinner, and she happened to make chicken. Oh, yeah. And so my friend, I don't want to embarrass her or her mom, so I'm just going to call her Katie. Okay. (laughs) And Katie goes, oh, Miss Irma, this chicken is so good. My mom never seasons her chicken like this. And my mom goes, oh, I'm glad you like it. And she goes, as a matter of fact, nobody in my family seasons chicken like this. Right. Can you tell me, like, is this something all black people do? Do all black people cook like this? Is this the secret black seasoning? When I oh tell my gosh. you, so so this oh. particular night, um, my dad was home, my sister was home, and um. My aunt and my cousin had come over for dinner. So before Katie started, and we were all like, we were having a good old time. We had been playing games. And so if you can imagine before Katie started talking, the food was so good. You you can imagine the silverware, plates clanking. nobody Nobody talking. Katie asked the question, do all black people cook like, if you can imagine the immediate silence. Record scratch. I can hear it at night. Nobody's saying anything. <laughs> Everybody's head is down. Oh. And your I'm not say? saying nothing. Everybody's just, Mm-mm. you know what, Miss Irma, we're going to let you handle this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say. 
my dad is like, you know what? Here we go. This is all on you. <laughs> so my mom handled it so well. She goes, well, honey, I can't speak for all black people, but this is how I season my chicken. And I'm sure your mama's food is just fine. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, I don't know about all that. Like, Katie would not let it go. She would not let it go. She was determined that there was not a difference between my mom's food and her mom's food. Right. But it was the difference between black cooking and white cooking. Right. And my mom was like, well, honestly, honey, this recipe oh, that's killer. I got from the lady at work, and she's white. And she was like, mm-mm. No. Nope, nope, nope. No. And it was years, and me and Kate, we still laugh about That's this to hilarious. this day. And don't you know Katie's mama called my mama, and she was like, I okay. don't know what you did to my daughter, <laughs> but I'm coming over to your house next week, and you're going to teach me how to make that chicken. Yes, ma'am. And she did. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at spiritfm.com. This is a production of Positive Alternative Radio. The Jesus Fix It podcast is brought to you by Mardell Christian and Education Stores. And anybody who knows Jess knows that I love a deal and mm-hmm. I love a bargain. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get bargains at Mardell like toys for the kiddos and, and maybe you too. And things like <laughs> Melissa and Doug and science and craft activity kits. They're all 30% off. And not to, not to mention best-selling books, 40 to 50% off every day. And all others, 20% off. Uh, Yes, please. You can also find Mardell exclusive brands in their education, church supply, and gift departments like Renewing Minds and The Brainery. You can view their weekly ad and what's on sale anytime by downloading the Mardell app.